This is a weekend edition of Bigger Pockets Daily. I'm your host, Tyler. This is the show where we read you a real estate article every day, 365 days a year. Because you can't read the Bigger Pockets blog when you're brushing your teeth or doing the books. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Builders are getting frustrated, and now they're doing this. By Andrew Sirios. The mixture of relatively high interest rates and economic volatility with the fact most homeowners have fixed low interest rate debt has induced what real estate economist Bill McBride refers to as the seller's strike. As should be expected on the heels of such stubbornness, developers are beginning a builder's strike to follow suit. As CNBC reported at the end of October, housing starts for single-family homes dropped nearly 19% year-over-year in September according to the U.S. Census. Building permits, which are an indicator of future construction, fell 17%. Palte Group, one of the nation's largest home builders, reported its cancellation rate jumped from 15% in the second quarter of this year to 24% in the third. Rick Palacios Jr., the director of research at John Burns Real Estate Consulting, has an interesting thread on builder sentiments from around the country. It's not exactly good. He said, Home builder commentary from our survey this month was about as negative as I've seen to date. A few samples from the survey include a builder in Boston saying, October was exceptionally weak. In Baltimore, the market is terrible. And in Wilmington, the market is falling off a cliff, etc. You get the idea. 
Overall, single-family housing starts are falling rapidly. However, multi-family housing starts are, somewhat surprisingly, remaining relatively stable. It's likely that multifamily building is propped up to a certain extent by government-subsidized LIHTC projects, but even still, they will likely decrease soon. Of course, a major slowdown in building is to be expected. New construction is always heavily dependent on interest rates, and the Federal Reserve has brought the discount rate that underlies the mortgage market from 0.25% to 4.5% in less than a year. The reason the real estate market is unlikely to collapse is because, unlike in 08, homeowners have low-interest fixed-rate debt. Lending standards are relatively strong, and most have a decent amount of equity in their homes. Absolutely none of that has anything to do with the calculus developers use when deciding whether to build a property. In other words, the fundamentals holding up the housing market don't apply to the market for new construction. Thereby, new construction is falling drastically and could possibly collapse. In other words, the builders are frustrated and they are going on strike. However, they can't do so before finishing and liquidating what could become a minor boondoggle in the American economy, a new construction glut. The coming new construction glut. Already a record 29% of homes for sale in the United States are new construction. Buyer cancellations increased 7.5% for new builds from September to October and showed no signs of abating. Months of inventory for new construction have increased over 50% from January of 2022 to October, from 5.7 months to 8.9 months. Generally, six months of inventory is considered a balanced market. And while the amount of time it takes to sell new homes has typically outpaced existing inventory, the gap between the two has become quite pronounced. In October, there were just over three months of inventory for existing inventory, still a seller's market only one-third of what it was for new construction. Unfortunately, there's no real reason to believe this is going to get better before it gets worse. While inflation has cooled a bit, the Fed has indicated they plan to keep rates high, relatively speaking, at least through 2023. But possibly more importantly, as Bill McBride points out, there are more housing units under construction now than there ever have been before. Currently, there are 794,000 single-family units under construction. Currently, there are 928,000 multifamily units under construction. This is the highest level since December, 1973. Combined, there are 1.722 million units under construction. This is the all-time record number of units under construction. Wow! The increase in construction was in large part due to the nationwide housing shortage, which is predominantly what fueled skyrocketing housing prices over the past few years. In addition to that, supply chain issues have delayed many projections, causing a backlog of properties to remain under construction longer than was intended. Unfortunately, unlike homeowners who are rarely compelled to sell, builders have little choice. Sure, many will turn to rent these new builds, but the rental market is already starting to become saturated. For most, they'll have no choice but to sell in what is a buyer's market and what is likely to become substantially more of one. The conclusion? With notable exceptions, most notably that which is government-subsidized like LIHTC, it's probably not the best time to start new development projects. <laughs> 
If you're a developer in the middle of such a new build, it would be worth at least considering if it's economically feasible to rent the property, or some of the properties if developing a subdivision. If selling is the only option, it would be wise to get ahead of the curve. While existing home prices probably will only fall a moderate amount over the next year, new home prices will likely sink substantially more. You don't want to be caught chasing the market downward while you hold on to inventory. So I would recommend leading the market and cutting your price up front. Offering attractive incentives, such as interest-free buy-downs, where the builder pays the lender to lower the interest rate for the buyer in the first year or more, should also be something to consider. Every investor and developer will take hits in this business at some point or another, so it's better to come to terms with that now than try to hold out hope that you can sell at the same price you could have when the typical homeowner was buying with the interest rates in the 3% range. To hope the market shifts back to what it was six months ago will likely leave you holding the bag, as holding costs eat away any profit you could have made. And after that, you'll likely have to eventually sell for even less than the discount you could have offered up front. On the other hand, if you're looking to buy a home, particularly one to live in, new homes would be something to look into. Particularly look for ones offering rate buy-downs. Either way, you will certainly have the upper hand in negotiations. There you have it. You can find a link to that article in the show description. Sometimes the discussions in the comments section are just as insightful as the article itself. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, and don't worry, we've got more shows in the pipeline to get you in the right state of mind going into this next week.